Welcome to Best Bad Movie Ever. A podcast about terrible movies and the people who love them. With your hosts, Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell. You say... I do. I say hello, everyone. Hi. Um, Welcome to another episode of Best Bad Movie Ever, the show about terrible films and people who love them. I am your co-host, Tom Ryman. I am your other co-host, David Bell. David Christ Topher Bell. Oh, Dateline David. Yeah. Oh, Christ Topher. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Adam, it's great great to be back. (laughs) It's it's great to be doing this again. You brought a movie that I don't think there's going to be much, you're not going to get much pushback from us on this one. Yeah, there, sh- there shouldn't be because it's a really good movie and that movie is Jennifer's Body, the <clears throat> 2009 horror comedy film, Jennifer's Body. Yes. Shockingly starring Chris Pratt. Like, he is, well, he's in I, it. Featuring. Yeah, yeah, featuring. Yeah, Chris like Pratt. He, he, he showed up and I exclaimed. I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, I did not remember him. I did not, I hadn't seen this since it came out. Did not remember Chris Pratt being in it. Nope. Okay, well. And disappointingly never gets murdered. No, he's yeah. only in that one. It's like they set him up as a perfect character. It's like, well, obviously that guy's going to get killed. He's a, he's, a, he's a scumbag. But nope, we never see him again. Yep. Yes, which is, Tom, you said not much pushback. I actually don't think I like this movie. Oh, that's fair. Uh, you just gave a perfect example why. Is they set up his character as this cop. They mm-hmm. never bring him back. There's no reason for him. Um, I, I want to, before I keep going into this, I want to say I like Juno. I like the movie Juno a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, same. It's by the, this is, Jennifer's Body was written by Diablo Cody, who also wrote Juno. Yeah, right. and the reason I bring that up is because part of the reason I didn't like this movie is I hate the writing. I hate the dialogue. The same dialogue oh. from Juno. No. I do not like in this movie because it doesn't make any sense in this movie. There's a cu- there's a couple of phrases that the uh, or that the characters use that I'm like, well, that's not a thing that anybody Nobody ever talks, said. They talk um, like aliens in this, but I <laughs> but they I, did I, in Juno too. Salty guys are yes, but here's the difference, and I I figured it out. Okay, um, sorry. I we should start with Adam explaining what he likes about this, but I no, just no, to get I'm this out. I'm intrigued. Go on, okay, because. I don't have much to say about why I didn't like it. It's just it's just this one thing. It's um in Juno they were like real hipsters, like the characters. Yeah. And they spoke like dumbass like weirdo hipsters. Jennifer's body, it's like the cheerleader and like her her I guess nerdy friend, but it's played by uh Amanda Seyfried, yeah. Yeah. I mean they, uh, they, and they, the jocks. They, they, they did some they did some they did some costuming to kind of frump her up. Sure. Yeah. And the jocks, the school jocks, and they all talk like weird hipsters because she doesn't. The the problem with this movie is that she can't get past the way she writes dialogue. So these characters who wouldn't be talking this way won't shut up talking this way. I don't. That's my issue with this. I don't know that I'm positive the people in this film wouldn't be talking that way. I mean, it's 2009. Everyone like we were all. Sure, we all asking in the glow exactly of Obama's like presidency. We were all mm-hmm. loosey goosey we we with shit. We were all riding high, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I don't know. I I disagree with that assessment. Um, Same. I think it's. I don't. If if you don't have a problem with it, if you're fine with the dialogue in Juno, I don't see why it doesn't apply. Like nobody's a human being in either of those films. 
Correct. Yes, the difference is, is like, for example, <clears throat> she she sees a horrible fire and mm-hmm. people die. And then in like the scene later, she's saying stuff like "Jeez and fries" in this like really ironic way. And it's 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 well, that's the that's the character. She doesn't swear until the end. Yeah, it just doesn't it just doesn't work. They all talk very quirky. Like if this is a movie about like typical high schoolers mm-hmm. uh, and like the star cheerleader and stuff like that, I I think it hurts the film that they talk like hipster adults throughout the movie i think the dialogue hurts the film in this case because i would have liked a version of this film considering that i like what it has to say i would have liked a version of this film where they talked like human beings i think that i think that distracts from the film and makes it harder for people to watch people like myself again as someone who enjoyed the dialogue in uh juno mm-hmm very much so. I thought it, it wasn't fitting in this. I think there's a few examples, but oh, I don't. I did not find the overall dialogue distracting. There were a couple of phrases tossed in there. Cheese and fries didn't throw me because I grew up with people who would say cheese and crackers instead sure. of saying Jesus Christ or something like that. Or like cheese and crow. Right. Like, yeah. so that didn't hit general, me. Is that weird? <clears throat> their, their attitudes in general after the fire is weird. Because it's well, very obvious. Well, she's a demon at that Well, yeah, point. yeah, yeah. So, Things definitely I mean, change after the fire, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, she, at least Amanda Seyfried is sitting there, like, in shock in class. Jennifer rolls in and is just like, hey, I'm a demon. What's right. up? And then there's a whole, like, 30 days after the fire that we don't even see. Like, yeah, they, it skips ahead to, like, later. In they the jump year. ahead. Mm-hmm. So we just miss a lot of what would have been the really heavy grieving moments, which is fine i don't yeah, want to i mean see her attitude like the night of the fire is weird like they make her affected by it when they need to show that jennifer isn't but like the night after the fire she seems less can she's not in shock or anything like that and i know that's a hard it's a hard balance because she needs to be concerned about jennifer mm-hmm. they literally have her boyfriend say like there was a fire aren't you aren't you more worried about that but i don't i i, I don't quite think it works uh, that's a small gripe. That's not my overall. Yeah, let's issue. let's throw it back to Adam. Adam, why don't you regale us with a plot summary and and tell us why you like this movie now that Dave has had his had his two cents. Yeah, this is a movie about a vampire, basically, and Essentially. a uh, aggressively two thousand nine rock band. Yeah. Who. <laughs> is looking for a virgin to sacrifice so they can get Adam Levine rich. <laughs> yes. Which What's their name? Low, Low shoulder. Sh- Low shoulder. So, Low that's shoulder. a great fucking name. And fucking Adam Brody is perfect. <laughs> that's the lead guy in that. Oh band. yeah. He is. It was I I read a bunch of background stuff about this. His role originally was either going to be Pete Wentz or Joel Madden. And depending, like, that would have altered my enjoyment of this movie a lot. 100%. For better or worse, depending on who they went with. I don't know if I could have stomached Joel Madden, but I wouldn't have minded seeing Pete Wentz's sad ass try to act in this movie. Be a a, a satanic ritual uh, leader, yeah. That's got to explain Fallout Boy. Like there's, I mean, there's a massive Fallout Boy poster in this movie. <laughs> they do play prominently in this film. Yeah, the music really? is is very of its time, and I think yes. the the plot line is pretty appropriate because I think most of that scene, like that music scene, we later found out there were a 
tons and tons of sex creeps. Oh yeah, in, <laughs> yeah. That like, particular um, genre. Yeah, like uh, this. Uh, I think mo- the most direct is like the guy from Brand New, right? Yeah, because this is like pretty close to Brand New, this band. Right. So yeah, but and, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. So Low Shoulder is looking for a virgin to sacrifice, and they somehow land on Megan Fox, who is her character's name, Jennifer Check. Mm-hmm. Sure. And uh, that's that's the kind of the opening plot line or the the opening conflict is she ends up getting in their van after they they play this show at a club and there's this massive fire which that scene would have felt really over the top like other like I would have normally been like I mean more people would have got out they would have had a plan but that exact same thing happened like six years before this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the, the Great the White Show? Yeah. Great White. It's supposed to be like fire. demonic in nature too, right? The fire. It's implied that the band had something to do with it yeah. starting. Yeah. Yeah. And so they all escape the fire and they get Jennifer in the back of their van and something happens. We don't find out what until closer to the end, but she comes back a changed person. Mm. And by that, I mean she's a succubus now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that'll happen. As, as happens often. You go, you go away in a, in a strange man's van, you come back as a succubus. It's, yeah. Yeah. You, got, you go to a low shoulder show, <laughs> you got to expect some fireworks, buddy. You're, th- you're throwing them succubus dice. <laughs> <laughs> Megan Fox apparently lost a bunch of weight for this role. Really? She... If when I first read it, I thought it said she lost ninety seven pounds, but she slimmed down to ninety seven <laughs> pounds. Okay. for That's this still, role, yeah, and then put the weight back on for the Transformers sequel, which had to be like another five pounds or something. Like, yeah, Mike, yeah, because I don't ever remember when I first saw this, and I saw it in theaters. I mean, I was in the the thick of Megan Fox hysteria, like every other dude in 2009 and i don't remember going to see this in theaters and being like she looks different she looks very skinny yeah yeah i didn't i didn't notice she's not like it's not like she's huge in transformers (laughs) this isn't like christian bale this is right it's not like the the machinist machinist. (laughs) yeah Yeah. well i mean that much why like why i don't i don't know who knows maybe she thought she would look more like a high school student i don't know what i like about the movie is what a lot of people, I think, didn't like about the movie. If if you read the reviews that weren't just sexist trash, which that's right. a that's whole a lot of them. There are a lot yeah. of reviews that I think are just expressing disappointment that you never see Megan Fox without her shirt on. Like, this was an R-rated movie. Her and Amanda Seyfried are kissing in the trailer. And if you go back and look at those reviews, uh, like, there's one where, like, the closing line was... If you want to ogle Megan Fox's body, you can find a better way to do it. It's like, that's what you took away from this movie? Jesus Christ. Of this movie. You put that in your review? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, I thought it was, a movie it reminds me of is another movie that came out around the same time, which is Drag Me to Hell. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this movie got kind of demonized. (laughs) <laughs> mm. Nice, because she's a demon, guys. Uh, for like a lot of the reviews, basically said that it tried to be horror and tried to be comedy and wasn't either one. 
And I don't think that's what happened. I think it's like drag to hell or drag me to hell where it's, it just kind of toes the line between horror and comedy the whole time until the say, very end. Yeah. I would say it's not a horror and that's okay. It doesn't need to be a horror. It has horror elements, but it's a, it's mostly a comedy. Yeah, but it's I think better if you think of it as a comedy. Like you like it. I like it more as a comedy than as a horror. I think a lot of people were also put off by how mean it is. Like uh-huh. it's a, it's pretty gnarly and it's pretty dark. And I think people maybe weren't expecting that because I, I remember the trailers to this movie did not sell what it actually is. Yeah, I would also argue that people are probably put off the same reason I was. Because I think this is a good idea for a movie. I think the beats are good. I think I think um, Megan Fox is good in this. I yeah. think everybody's good in it. I just think the dialogue was extremely distracting. And that's interesting it's, it's, because that's one of the things that people, even people who hated the movie, still praised the dialogue. And we it, were probably in a time where that was scene because like you know tarantino and 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 like any anybody with like weird quirky dialogue that's their thing kevin smith um and you either like it or you don't but they don't you have to you have to recognize that they don't talk like people in any of those people's movies and you either like the style or you don't i think the problem i think this the thing is for a filmmaker like that to choose the right material to do that dialogue uh it, it i i just don't think this movie it worked for I thought it was too quirky. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't, I mean, it's, I expect quirky dialogue from the follow-up to Juno. So I was, like, I was expecting that and it didn't, like, there's obviously going to be lines that aren't great, but Mm -hmm. I didn't find that distracting. Like, it's still a good movie. I found it distracting because it's, it's, the difference between, like, Tarantino and Richard Donner, where when you're watching a Tarantino film, you feel like Tarantino's in the room with you, poking you constantly whereas richard donner is like i'm just making a movie uh that that's functional and that does what it's supposed to do and i think this needed to lean that way i felt like diablo cody was constantly being like did you did you see that line you hear that line that was a great line wasn't it and it's just like it 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 for what this movie was about i don't think it needed it i thought it i thought it took me out of the film rather than made me enjoy the film well but it's a matter of taste right yeah, and ultimately, I think because what the movie actually is about is about uh, a, a, a toxic friendship sort of yeah. coming to an end. Yeah, um, and it's it's specifically about being a teenage girl. So it's yeah, in that being preyed on by men. Like yeah. there's a lot of things it's about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't think maybe as like I could, I could see how maybe it gets in the way of it being a, a, a full on horror movie. Maybe, but like I I still think. Like uh, Diablo Cody had something very specific that she wanted to be talking about a yeah. specific point of view. So I think it's kind of like, I think the dialogue works towards that because I it's, think they are talking like teenagers. Most of the time, there's a couple of phrases where I was like, okay, but I don't like, think they're talking. They're not talking like human beings. <laughs> that, and again, yeah, like, that seems harsh. Like it's, I mean, the, if you watch Mean Girls, there's a bunch of quirky dialogue in that. And that's just a movie about... Like, this is Mean Girls with a vampire, basically. Right. Or a succubus. Yeah. I just don't think this particular <laughs> style... I think it distracted people for... And that's why people don't like this movie is because the, 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 what this movie is actually about, which it feels like a very personal film, mm-hmm. 
about being a teenage girl i think people went in and just like oh yeah it's like it sets the dialogues really sets the tone that it's going to be like a fun horror comedy that doesn't mean much uh because the it's just so like it's so unique the dialogue which again isn't a bad thing and maybe a lot of people are hearing me right now and being like no that it helped it i love the movie for me it just it constantly distracted me i had to get past it to realize what the movie was about yeah i didn't yeah. Sure. <laughs> i didn't yeah i think i remember being pleasantly surprised with this i didn't see it in the theater this was like a red box rental right and i had heard, it was just one of those things where i'd heard from a couple of people like no it's you should actually check it out so it was a pleasant surprise for me because like i said all the the advertising to this movie was like nuts. So I was expecting it to be, I don't really know what, I think I was expecting it to be more of like a sex comedy or something. And I that's just, 100% not what it is. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's one of the problems is the, the, or one of the reasons this movie bombed the way it did is it's clearly not a sex comedy, but it was very much marketed as a sex comedy. So they, they assumed they were going to get the, the younger female audience based on, I don't know, word of mouth after people find out what the movie really is. Right. Like, it's weird that they wouldn't I have... Did, it's weird I, that they wouldn't have marketed it more towards... Because uh, it's it's written by a woman, it's directed by a woman, the, the, all the cast, the primary cast is all women. So it's weird that they leaned into the um, eh, Megan Fax angle instead of like being like, hey, this is, this is a movie, this is a horror movie about being a teenage girl. Is that really how they advertised it? That's the oh, trailer yeah. that... The trailer that I remember... But okay. there were probably others. Because I thought this was straight off of Diablo Cody's. Like she won, didn't she win an Academy Award? Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they they advertised it was from the writer of Juno. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was like, oh, it's Diablo Cody. Mm-hmm. Like that was what got me. Is that I like her work. I was excited to see, and I do remember being. I I was disappointed when I first watched this movie, not for the same reasons I'm talking about, because I thought it was a Diablo Cody horror movie. And it didn't, it felt more like, like you guys are saying, like right in between mm-hmm. horror and comedy. I do appreciate how brutal it is. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah I, I feel like it's definitely a horror movie in spots. Like, yeah. When was this made? 2009. All right. So I was probably also in my twenties and dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the thing is I probably wanted like a specific type of horror movie. I, I liked Juno mm-hmm. and then it just wasn't that. Yeah, I think that was a problem for a lot of people. Is Probably. A lot of people went into this movie expecting one thing, and then they got another. Right. And I think a lot of people found that disappointing. But So just go into it. If you're listening to this and you've never seen the movie, just go into it with no expectations. Like, what do you care if it's a sex comedy or a horror movie? Just watch it. It's a good yeah. movie. Yeah. I had uh, Marina watched it with me. Hadn't had never seen it or heard of it before, and I, I just described it to her as, "Oh, it's by the woman that wrote Juno. It's a this teenage girl gets turned into a demon," and she really liked it and really identified with a lot of it, but also was very keyed up for the rest of the evening after watching it. Like she doesn't do horror very well, <laughs> so yeah. like right. she was hiding during every attack scene, <laughs> basically. <laughs> like she didn't watch most of the climax in the swimming pool. Because, like, she's flying now. Do you want to look? She's like, nope. 
I do not want to. <laughs> and see, I thought the dialogue in those moments, like that that final scene, I like the dialogue a lot. Oh yeah, when she's like, when uh, her her boyfriend says she's flying or like she can fly, and uh, she goes, she's hovering. It's not that impressive. <laughs> but okay, I guess that's that's a good example to me because it's, it's a great line for a comedy. Yeah, terrible line for a horror. But if that makes sense. They have, and that's fine. That's but fine. But it's a it's a horror comedy. And it's not just a horror comedy. It's also about relationships between teenage girls. It's their, it's their break. It's essentially their breakup scene. Right. I think of this more as like a drama, which is a weird way of thinking of it. No, Um, I can see that. Like a drama comedy. Because I guess what I'm saying is that I think why some people are disappointed. I think this is why I was originally disappointed is because I think it might've been advertised very much like a horror and it does have horror elements, but Mm -hmm. it's horror comedy is very different than horror. Uh, yeah. In that the the it it the the tension is way different, uh, and it feels more like a a drama about these two people's relationship than anything else. Yeah, and it's I a think, very interesting movie for this reason. I think um, that was kind of the point. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you have to expect like Diablo Cody's not going to be in charge of the marketing and shit like that. And like even that kiss scene between Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox. When they were filming that, they were both like, this is dumb. This is for the trailer. There's no reason why these two should be making out. Like, that That kind of took away from the movie to me. Like, the, the scenes where they tried to make their relationship more intimate than it is, like, mm-hmm. that felt unnecessary, and it was such a central part of the trailer. There's a lot of ingredients and I feel like there might be a little too many ingredients and that doesn't mean the ingredients aren't good on their own, but like that's, that's one, I would say all the stuff with the band, which is great. The band stuff is great, but it's a lot like her at the end, getting the demon powers Mm -hmm. feels a little weird because it, it, it doesn't seem to serve the main point of the story. That's it seemed like they needed an ending and they were like, let's just, do this yeah that's i didn't mind it because you know she had been shit on for the entire movie so it's like yeah fuck it go go kill adam brody yeah neither Um, did i it's it's fine but i've noticed that that's a diablo cody problem like in like like, in like young adult she does the same thing where uh pulls off like a really dramatic series of consequences for the main character and then buys it all back at the very end scene right uh, and I would also argue the dialogue is another ingredient that, again, is I really I like the dialogue. I just didn't think it was appropriate. And it's a lot of different ingredients mixed together. And I think maybe that threw some people off. What does this have a low IMDb? So this got like bad. It's got like a five point five on IMDb. And yeah, wow. it, it's at, it's it's right around like a forty seven or fifty on Metacritic. It's not. Yeah. But that's also taking the reviews from the time into account. Like the, mm-hmm, yeah. the reviews at the time were not great, but if you compare it to like, it was such a unique thing when it came out, there were no, there weren't a lot of like what you could argue was a feminist horror movie. Right. And now there's so many and so many of them are trash. Like mm-hmm. the uh, Black Christmas remake is one of the worst fucking movies. I have, I have heard that is unwatchable. <laughs> it is a fucking nightmare. It's so goddamn bad. Well, they give uh, everything away in the trailer too. So yeah, this, I and I I think ha- I think this movie is a little ahead of its time. Yeah, I would say so. The director, by the way, has done some good stuff. She did the invitation. Yeah, which is a good one. 
Destroyer, and uh, you know my personal favorite, the Eon Flux movie, two thousand five's Eon Flux. Yeah, Karen Kusama is yeah. the she director. directed Eon Flux. The well, the the live action, the live action Eon Flux with Charlize Theron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm I, because I'm old. I assume everyone knows this, but the the title of the movie is a, a reference to a song from a whole album. Yes. Really? Yeah. And Courtney Love was not happy that this movie <laughs> was named after one of her songs, and it's like, sorry. Should they used a whole song in the end too. Should have should have told Kurt to change the title to something that was less movie worthy. <laughs> yeah. I do think Adam, like this movie was unappreciated in its time, uh, and there's a lot of think pieces now I've seen about going back and being like, actually, Jennifer's body was really good, um, and the the message of it and what they're trying to say is very significant, and it was. I, I think the dumb 20-year-old me being like, this isn't a good enough horror movie, yeah. <laughs> encapsulates the issues at the time yeah. of what people were disappointed with, not realizing that they were watching like uh, a, a kind of like a type of movie that would be out today and be praised because it's it's got like a kind of commentary over it and deeper meanings. Um, the reason I don't like re-watching it now, the reason... Uh, that it bothered me is a completely new and different reason mm. um, because it was felt there was too many too many things that were distracting me from that like that's kind of my issue with it but like yeah I think you're ex- extremely right that this is a movie that was not appreciated for what it was when it came out see I think even in the pantheon of movies with regrettable dialogue this still is way 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 bottom of the list like you mentioned kevin smith earlier like at what point in the 2000s do kevin smith movies not become just all gay jokes and terrible dialogue here's the okay when i don't again when i say regrettable dialogue i or or when you say regrettable dialogue like i don't think the dialogue in jennifer's body is bad but for example kevin smith made a horror movie called red state right good Um, movie yes I, I enjoyed that movie. That movie doesn't have Kevin Smith dialogue. That's why it's good. Exactly. It's one of the reasons why it's but good, yeah. Because <laughs> Kevin Smith knew he was making a movie, a certain type of movie, and made it that way. I don't know if he wrote it. He um, did. He did. Yeah, and, and so I guess that's what I mean, is that this movie didn't call for Diablo Cody dialogue. As good as I, as much as I like her dialogue, I think it didn't, it distracted from the movie. And the same way Red State, if everybody was talking like a Kevin Smith character. Yeah, if everybody was just talking like Jay. Yeah. (laughs) And and, and that's, I guess that's what I mean. Smoochie boochie. Yeah. I don't know how to solve this problem that I'm having because it's a horror comedy, like you guys said, and the comedy largely comes from the dialogue. And it's so much from her point of view, from Diablo Cody's point of view. So I wouldn't... She could only write it the way she's going to write it. Right, exactly. Who Who am I to fucking... You know, like something that's clearly very personal story. Who am I to say like you? They don't talk the way I want them to. <laughs> uh, I just think part of the reason I think it's I think there's a lot going on in this movie that when it came out, there was a lot of distractions from what the point of the movie was within the movie. Yeah. And I mean, the, the world was a different place in 2009. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't seem that long ago, but it really was. And if you look at if you really dig into the reviews of this movie the the reviewers who hated it and the reviewers who didn't 
split down one very noticeable line, which is gender. Oh, like, yeah, that checks out. Mm-hmm. And even beyond that, a lot of the really negative reviews came from the internet. And this is a woman who was a blogger and just like right. got discovered and started making movies. And so now there's all these, like, this is when blogs are really starting to be a thing. Like, mm-hmm. it, it had been, you know, a couple of years, like 2006-ish. And yeah. so you had all these internet reviewers who it seemed like were just waiting to hate this movie. Like, I think Megan Fox is also a factor, right? She oh, was, 100%. Yeah, she got pretty vilely shit on by we media all, back then. I don't know what she was just one of those people that everyone a, decided we hated. We yep. all owe her an apology, right? 100%. Probably. Because again, watching this movie, I was like she's fucking good in this. She's really good in it. Uh yeah. and maybe maybe she should have more of a career. You I know? mean, I can't wait to watch that movie where she fights a lion. Hell oh yeah. <laughs> fuck. Oh fuck. Okay, never mind. She's she's exactly where she needs to be. Is it called yeah. Lion versus Fox? It should be. What is it called? It's called some. It's not called something good, right? It can't possibly be called. Something I remember good. it's a. Ti- I remember the title kind of refers to both her and the lion, but that's all I can remember. Right now. <laughs> lion right. fight. I'm looking it up. I'm yeah. looking it up. I ran into her outside of a health food place. Megan Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I walked by her. I didn't was, run into how, her. I didn't how was she? I didn't make Dave hunt Megan Fox with his car. I didn't <laughs> That's why she's not in movies anymore. I yeah. hit her with my fucking rascal scooter. <laughs> the movie is called Rogue. There you go. Yeah. She's got a bunch of things going on. Yeah, the other uh distinct I mentioned internet reviewers because people who reviewed this in like newspapers and shit almost all liked it like roger ebert gave it a really good review like actual movie critics liked this movie the internet fucking hated it right it's because the internet hated megan fox i think it had a lot to do yeah with that, and the internet's a terrible yeah. place and it was there was this weird uh controversy where someone got an advanced copy of the script mm-hmm. and wrote a review of the script and two people actually did that in one of them the review was positive and the other, the review was negative, and they sued the person who wrote the negative review, but let the positive review stay up. So a lot yeah, of people on the internet that? going into this movie were like, all right, fuck you. This is going to be terrible. Hmm. Was, was one of the people that reviewed the movie fucking re- reviewed the script, Ain't It Cool News, because they love doing that shit. Hmm. No, I forget the name of I it. I think there's there are definitely movies. I got this... And I'm not, I'm certainly, well, maybe we'll do an episode about it. I'm certainly not in this moment defending the Dark Phoenix movie, but that was a movie we were ready to hate before it came out. Yeah. I, I think there's certain movies like that. And then you watch and you're like, this film's fine. Yeah. I was, I was actually having that conversation with my Collider coworkers this past week. I was like, somebody mentioned Dark Phoenix and I was like, it wasn't that like, I was like, hot take, it wasn't that bad. Like, I'm not saying it was good, but like... No, but it didn't deserve that much Right, the, like the, the heat in the reviews going up to it. I was expecting a war crime yeah. to unfold before <laughs> my eyes. The, the, and it was I, just I, kind I, of like a bland movie. It was like, yeah, it's fine. The reviews were such weird hyperbole. I remember one specific part where someone said, can you believe it? There's an entire plot point surrounding people crossing a street. And I was like, that does sound bad. Then you watch it, and it's just a fight in that a street. That takes place in a street. Yeah, and it was like, what did, <laughs> okay, like, All right, you what jackass. a weird way to describe a fight in the street. Yeah. Like, 
it, it's a lot of stuff like that. Like people were really looking for ways to hate that movie. Again, not a great movie. Yeah, I Nightcrawler felt the same. uses duct tape to survive in space. He sure Whatever. does. Um, I felt the same way about, again, I'm never going to defend this movie, but it was like, yeah. I felt the same way about like Suicide Squad or like uh, Suicide Squad and Batman v Superman. I felt like the, the reviews were so hyperbolically bad. And then you go into the movie and you're just like, yeah, it's just kind of, it's just kind of not good. It's not like, yeah, I, well, per- particularly, right. I think particularly, yeah, I don't know, but it, I'm, I'm going to push I, back a little Tom. Cause I think not with Suicide Squad, but Batman v Superman it's quality ti- uh, plus length. The yeah. length is the key. Yeah. The length I, is I, oppressive. I'll, I'll definitely say more Suicide Squad because I rewatched that recently and I was like, this is fine. Like it's, I mean, it's not great, but like it got it, such heat. It's got some structural problems. It but does, like, but yeah. like it's not like, I, I'm just, I only bring this up to agree with that. What the no, overall I know point what you're saying. I know there what are you're, certain yeah. movies, like it happened to Waterworld as well, even though Waterworld's yeah. not that great. Right. But like, there's just certain movies that, particularly now, where we hear about every stage of a of a production's production, um, that we just decide like in advance, there's, like, oh, we're going to hate that one. That one's going to be bad, and we just already decide it's bad like months before it comes out. Yeah, either right. that or there will be one actor in it that just undoes the the opinion of the movie for everyone. I think Mr. Right. Brooks is a good example of that. A lot of people. Will Are not we talk about Mr. Brooks for I the will, next hour. I will defend Mr. Brooks. I will do. Episode. I will for sure do <laughs> that. That is Dane all, Cook's finest role. It is. All, it's the only all, one he plays a character. <laughs> look, we're all here for Mr. Brooks. <laughs> I think film. this movie did get some of that, though. I think people I think so. because Diablo Cody was so uh, huge after so. Juno, and she did win a bunch of Oscars yeah. for Juno, and, and she is divisive, like Dave said. Yeah, yeah. I think. Well. She's a woman, so immediately that gets people mad at her. Yeah, and she's a successful got... woman. But also, she's got that, like the Wes Anderson. Again, she's Tarantino, Wes Anderson, uh, Kevin Smith. Anybody with a distinct writing or directing style is going to get people who absolutely hate it. And there, you can't blame those people because it's a very distinct style. Mm-hmm. She also got a little bit of. I'm probably misremembering the details on this, but I seem to remember like part of a focus of her blog or one of the original things she was writing was she was going to, she was a stripper for a time to write about that experience. And she got some blowback from people from sex workers being like, Oh, you're a tourist in this. Um, I I might be misremembering the details of that, but I seem to remember that's like the controversy about her. Yeah. 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 Mm. We, I, I'm I'm defending her now. Um, also, like not looking into her. Like maybe she's killed kittens <laughs> right. on a live blog. Maybe she's like a huge anti-vaxer. And yeah, she... <laughs> like I don't know what kind of monster she is. Which if I she's think a monster. But on 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 the topic of owing Megan Fox an apology, isn't she an anti-vaxer? <laughs> That's can't, fine. Whatever. I can't remember if she is yeah. or not. I mean, look, it's no, it's no, yeah, it, we still look owe her, her an apology. She's Megan Fox. Whatever she's doing, she's she's like, I'm doing it right. Right. Obviously, we should yeah, all learn yeah. from her. Yeah, the thing about the dialogue providing all of the comedy, I don't agree with that. I think Megan Fox actually provides a whole lot of comedy in this. Like the scene where J.K. Simmons is trying to tell everyone about all the kids who died and she just starts fucking laughing. Like, I love that scene. doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Can can we talk? J.K. Simmons, who clearly has some sort of uh, harrowing backstory that we never get to hear. He's what? got the worst wig and a hook for a hand. He's got a fucking hook. 
There's a scene where he pushes his glasses up with a hook. With a with a with a wig and a hook. And then yeah, we just never get to hear what that's about. I think Uh, that's where it's really strong about high school is like because it's like an exaggerated version of all the quirks of high school is like yeah you have like a fucking weirdo teacher with a hook for a hand or something like i think that really works i thought the makeup was really good in this that was all practical effects when her mouth got really big and full of teeth that wasn't cgi no they made a a a machine like they recreated her head for those scenes and they basically built this machine that that's really cool did that with her mouth it looked like cgi which is a bummer because it means they could have just done cgi i think they probably used it to mask the transition between her like and they the, augmented and the, yeah yeah, yeah when yeah. she when she eats the the football player in the woods right that's really um, cool though yeah, yeah that's cool I, as shit the cool the kill scenes were all really cool I yeah, thought. there were a lot yeah, of Yeah, when she's sitting there fucking scooping handfuls of blood out of that guy's hollowed yeah. out stomach. Yeah. I was like, my God. That shit was intense. Also, yeah, also that that attack was pretty brutal, even though you only see it in silhouette. It's like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's just and eating I, this guy. I liked the angle where uh, what's happening to her is kind of like reverse menstruation, where instead of uh, bleeding every 30 days, she needs blood every 30 days. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they don't explain. They they actually uh, do show that in a pretty interesting way in the scene where they come back from the thirty day break, where J.K. Mm-hmm. Simmons says, "Well, it's been thirty days since the fire," and then you see Megan Fox and she looks like shit. Yeah, right. and you find out later in the movie that's why she looks like shit in that moment is because she needs blood every thirty days. So that was, I think that was a a fun twist and it speaks to this movie being more than just a horror comedy it very much is about what a girl goes through in high school hell is a high school girl that's the first it also seems like (laughs) it's saying something about victims of assault Mm -hmm. she goes into a van with a group of guys we don't see what happens and then she's never the same afterwards it's just like jesus christ and uh, kind of no one cares. And no one cares. Like exactly. no one, uh, no one addresses that she got abducted by these her guys. Friend, her friend wants to help, but kind of can't. Right. She sort uh, of. She sort of like yeah. And like, then yeah, she's like her boyfriend's like, who cares about what essentially that dumb slut's doing? Basically, exactly. is what he says. It's yeah. pretty huge what this what this movie has to say. Yeah. Like, and the fact that it got the reviews it got is like just like uh, yeah. <laughs> way to prove her right mm-hmm. way to prove like what she's saying right yeah with these yeah. fucking refusal like i didn't get to see her tits <laughs> it's like you just completely missed the point of this movie yeah there's a scene where megan fox goes swimming in a lake and then gets out nude and you don't see anything and i guarantee there were a lot of reviewers who watched that movie and were like <laughs> i didn't see any titties though right and here's it's the weird <laughs> thing is that look at her naked boobs so they they clearly cast Megan Fox because she's the perfect person for that role, because this is the point that she's needed to be the super attractive uh, high school girl. But it, it, yeah, I think people got the, uh, the meta aspect of it was there. And then it like people got distracted by the fact that it was her. I really liked the scene where they're on the phone and Amanda Seyfried puts her on hold. And it seems like it's just sort of referencing 
that same scene that happens in Mean Girls with Amanda Seyfried and uh, I don't remember. I think I don't remember who the fuck. What's it matter? But uh, it seems like it's going to be a pretty straightforward scene. And then at one point, Megan Fox just lights a lighter and starts burning the tip of her tongue with it. I fucking love that scene for some reason. That was really (laughs) neat to watch. When she she comes back from hold, the only thing she says to her is, I'm a god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that shit was great. I did think she was like... She she went to her and she's like, check it out. And she says, like, I'm basically an X-Men. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is me. I would have been right on board with that, right? Yeah. I would have been like, oh, cool. You have superpowers. She gets, like, scared and was like, you need to go. And I guess it's because she also notices she, that she's a sociopath. Well, she also, that that's the scene where she, in not so many words, admits that, yeah, I'm, I'm killing and eating people right. <laughs> to maintain my power. Right. And let's be honest, if Tom showed up at your house tomorrow and just fucking cut a gash in his leg and it healed up immediately, you wouldn't be like, oh shit, hand me the knife. I want to do that too. You'd get the fuck well, out of there. I, I, no, I wouldn't because I don't have that power. Right. I would, right. I would still do weird it you the fuck out. Yeah, no, I think we would immediately start thinking about ways we could use this to make money. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, I'd be like, look, I'm so hungry, Tom. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, I am too, but for something entirely different. <laughs> if, if if you were like, look, I'm eating people to do this, I'd be like, do I know them? Right. Uh, are they, like, who are they? Okay, what uh, do you- Because there's a lot of people in the world who could be eaten. Right, there's there's there, there's a few people I, I could stand to, to be Wolverine fuel. The rich, for example. Yeah, it's a small we price to pay all the time. for me to have Wolverine powers. Uh-huh. I know a lot of fucking poor people I'd eat if given the chance. Sure, sure. I think I know more poor people than rich people that I would eat. <laughs> eat them all. Yeah, eat them all. Yeah, eat the world until it's just yeah you with like a with a with a with a plump belly just sitting on on a pile of skulls, <laughs> yep. patting your belly like that's I the, did it. That's I ate the, the world. That's the dream. That's the dream, man. <laughs> pile of dead high school kids. Yeah. Eat the planet. Hashtag. <laughs> I I like the scene where Megan Fox is in the process of killing the the lip ring guy, uh-huh. and uh, Amanda Seyfried is having sex with her boyfriend at the time, and she starts seeing visions of what's happening. And oh yeah, she starts freaking out, and the boyfriend thinks it's just because he has a huge dick. I fucking I thought that part was really funny. Oh yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he's like, am I too big? <laughs> He gets this he really got, like, satisfied smile on his face. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, she's seeing fucking blood goblins in the corner of the room. Yep. It's great. And I thought that scene was re- like that scene was genuinely creepy when they when she looks over and not only sees the guy Megan Fox killed, but also Megan Fox like, yeah, perched hunched over like a fucking bird ready yeah. to pounce. It was fucking <laughs> great. Can we also talk about the scene where she comes shambling out of the woods on all fours? <laughs> yes. <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, I like moments. <laughs> yeah, this movie's got a lot of good moments. I thought the ending, the the dance scene, like you know, it kind of harkens back to Carrie in movies of the sort. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing; there've been movies like this. They're just so few and far between, yeah. and they're usually written by men. Yes, 
Yeah, the beginning of Carrie, it's like, well, a man, dire- a man directed the shit out of this. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like, yeah, well, his nude name, shower his of name, high school. Brian, Brian De Palma's De name literally pops up on screen, I think, over a bunch of naked teenage girls. Yeah. That's <laughs> one where when they remade Carrie, it was like, that's probably a good idea. Like, I, the original Carrie has a lot to offer, but like, as, yeah, as like, being a film about being a teenage girl written by Stephen written King, by Stephen directed King, yeah. by Brian De Palma. It's just like, you gotta, you gotta get a lady involved here. Yeah. I like the scene where they finally show us what happens to Jennifer, mostly because the band starts singing eight, six, seven, five, three, oh nine over. It's like, what kind of ritual is this? Well, he's, I like that. He stops like Adam Brody's about to stab her. He's like, wait, wait, I just thought of something. And then he just starts saying the words to her, like saying the lyrics. Yeah. yeah, and they break into song. A plus. I like. <laughs> I like the scene in the final fight between Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox, where Amanda Seyfried pulls out a box cutter and she goes, "You know what this is for?" And then she just goes, "Cutting boxes." <laughs> Starts fucking. I like that. There was. Yeah. I like the dialogue in this movie. No, I, the dialogue is like you guys. We're describing moments that we like, and I get it. And again, the, I get the meaning behind it. But actually, sitting down and watching this film uh, is a struggle for me i am confused as to how megan fox finally dies is it just because she got stabbed in the heart you see it you see it in one of the books that she's reading oh when she goes to the yeah that's, that's, it's, that's, it's, which i thought was a funny line she's yeah, like i was a, in the occult section of our library it's like our library has an occult section it was a good play on a trope that's in all of these movies mm-hmm. which is the library scene yeah. or the googling scene yeah i mean <laughs> Lest we forget Twilight, where she just literally Googles vampires. Yeah, that. Well, look, we can we can talk all day uh, about her knowledge of vampires and that world's knowledge of vampires. It wasn't strange. a vampire; it was a succubus. Oh no, you're talking about Twilight. Yeah. I've never seen a Twilight movie. Oh, you should. Although Roger Ebert described this movie, he gave it a good review. He gave it three out of four stars, but he also described it as Twilight for boys. I don't know. That didn't make any sense. I don't know if Roger Ebert watched the same movie. <laughs> Twilight for boys. That's like, that's nonsense. Yeah. That's a gibberish <laughs> thing to say. Yeah. He might as well have said, uh, this is Indiana Jones for dolphins. Like, it's the <laughs> same amount of sense that makes. I thought this movie looked weird. really good, too. Like, the all of the I shots like the and the, the colors and the lighting were really great. That swimming pool where that final fight happens like the city would have shut that down right that's a west nile virus hazard oh, yeah, yeah, if yeah. nothing else yeah. you're gonna get something farm. in that pool yeah. like what was that building and why were the exit signs still working yeah. someone paying the electricity at that place <laughs> they open the door and just their skin melts off from the collected <laughs> yeah. viruses that have accumulated inside they're just in chernobyl all of a sudden yeah i actually i liked the ending because i feel like without her getting those demon powers and us finding out that she's able to like come and go that ending would have been really bleak well but i i i I, the bleak ending makes more sense in what they're talking about because there would be a lack of justice yeah the bleak ending of get out would have made more sense too but it would have bummed people the fuck out (laughs) that's also a very good point like if the actual cops showed up in that scene we would have been like well that was an alternate ending where he just gets arrested yeah (laughs) yeah because during that scene when she's finally killing megan fox you're like 
well, she's clearly going to go to prison, right? I hope this body disappears when it dies. <laughs> right, I hope it turns into like ash or something. <laughs> yeah. But nope, mom walks in. <laughs> And she, and then we were back to the opening scene. The, the opening scene when Megan Seyfried is in the hospital. I don't know if that doctor deserved that punch to the face. <laughs> kicked. The doctor's just like, you know, you should eat more than toast. She's like, fuck you. It kicks her like 15 feet. <laughs> She's got and then spits on her. Why'd she have to spit uh, on her? I don't know. She's a little, de- she's demon. She's it's a demon. She's a little bit of demon in her, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that explains it. Yeah. Is she a racist demon? Why did the only black person in the movie yeah, have to get that treatment? Yeah, that was a treatment? bad look <laughs> for, the, yeah. for the very beginning of the movie. It's like the only black person in the scene gets kicked across the room. I mean, I would imagine that demons are racist, right? Probably. They're demons. They're the worst. Yeah. 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 Just like aliens are clearly anti-Semites. Right. Sure. I mean, that's I, why they worked with expand. the Nazis. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's, no, everybody it, knows this. It checks out. Don't worry. <laughs> Look it up later after the episode. I will, yeah. I'm going to look it up as soon as we hang up. Yeah. Does that mean Indiana Jones, he was always just fighting Nazis? Like in, yeah. in the new one? Pretty much, yeah. They were, they were coming aliens. back for revenge mm-hmm. yeah. because of what he did to Nazis in the earlier movies. Yeah. Is that why the Nazis didn't like the Russians? The aliens? Probably, uh, probably yeah. Because they, they were like, they're Nazi aliens. So mm-hmm. then they're Russians and they're like, no, we're not going to have any of this. We're Nazi aliens. There was apparently supposed to be a sequel to this really? movie. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. Yeah, they kind of, well, the way it ends initially, like her going to hunt for this band could have been the next movie, but you see all that play out over yeah. the opening right. credits. So I don't know if they decided way before then that it wasn't going to be a sequel, but at one point this was, there was supposed to be a sequel. There's also a graphic novel that is about the victims of Jennifer Check. Which, huh. imagine being the person who read that. Like, I like this movie, but come on. Yeah, I'm not reading that. <laughs> I would have liked a sequel just following Lance, Lance Hendrickson, his trucker. That's right. He shows up in the very end. Yeah, I want her to just be like, is, he, are, is this, are you, are you Lance, Lance Hendrickson? Hendrickson? <laughs> He's like, that's right. <laughs> I'm am. a trucker now. Where would you like to go? Yeah. And then the truck floats, like it flies off like the end of Back to yeah. the Future. <laughs> yeah. Because that's Lance Hendrickson has the power to make any vehicle fly. Yeah. I also love when they pepper spray Megan Fox. It's like, yeah. that is a demon. What? That was kind of funny. <laughs> that was funny. I'm like, you're n- that's not going to do anything. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think this movie is better than the reviews imply, if nothing else. I guess you have to get past the characters saying, meet me on the flippity flop and things like that. They're talking about crisscross and weird how guys are so salty like oh, come no on move on dot org salty well yeah they, like that shit i mean Good God. salty dot org people do say that guy is salty but it means something else it means something yeah. else that's when i was like they're not they're literally not talking like people because right. that's a slang for something else yeah, yeah. the salty um, that is the one bit of dialogue that did bother me because salty means you're pissed you're, you're angry yeah it means like, you're angry just, on Make the verge a, of crying or so angry. Yeah. Use, like, use real slang. Like, it, it just, it, it felt like when people are, like, writing the 50s and they use, like, ridiculous slang or something like that. Like, this felt like, you know what this felt like? Someone a hundred years from now writing dialogue that they think teenagers would say during that time. Maybe that's how she talked in her high school. I don't know. I don't know. And, and. Could be. Uh, it, 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 I, I. 
don't think a lot of people are going to be bothered by that, but a good chunk of people are. And if if there's dialogue that like that that really bothers you, it never stops bothering you. And then it's always there throughout the film, you know? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's it's they really definitely, distracting. They definitely don't take their foot off the gas pedal in that regard at yeah. any point. The dialogue but, stays quirky all the way to the end. Yeah. It's undeniable that this movie is underrated and uh, it was unappreciated when it came out. Like, it's undeniable. Like, it's a difference between me not liking the film and me thinking the film is bad. I think this is a good film. I just can't. It doesn't agree with me. Yeah, that's fair. The the dialogue didn't bother me. Yeah, I'll probably, this will probably turn into a fairly regular rewatch for me. Nice. You know, add it to the least. It's one of those movies that I just hadn't revisited in like over a decade. I'm like, why haven't I seen this more? (laughs) And we didn't know who Chris Pratt was in 2009, right? I think he was on Parks and Rec, or maybe that was later. Was he on Wanted? Yeah, uh, yes. Wanted was 2008 or seven. There was this, I think the evolution of Chris Pratt is like, we were like, look, this guy's kind of a doofus. Uh, and like kind of a dummy and then they're like nah he's a sexy star and then we're like ah i think he's still a dummy like i think that was the evolution right well you can be yeah now he's a republican board with him anymore right i think because he's conservative yeah has he not i don't know i don't i haven't researched chris pratt yeah it seems like he's underutilized in this movie but i think they just didn't i I think he was just a bit character in this. maybe i, well, I suspect because there's a there's a director's cut i suspect he's probably in another scene or two that they just cut for yeah. time or something he's i just like assumed he was, he was gonna get murdered yeah, yeah exactly i assume he's so clearly a guy that's gonna get killed <laughs> he he seems like there's a scene where he's a victim because yeah. they 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 create a whole portrait of this character right. and then you just never see him they, they do the work to convey to us this guy is a scumbag and then we just never see him again <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, you know, I'm a cadet. Like, and it's like, oh, that's clearly going to play into the plot at some point, and it absolutely doesn't. Uh, but she, it does. She, she does. She mentions later that like, it's really flimsy. It's, she's it's like, flimsy. Yeah. She's like, I'll call the cops, and she's like, I, I'm fucking a cadet, and it's like, so what? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, that's, that's probably not I wanna, gonna say. I want to. They didn't set up that entire character yeah. just for that line. It's like, I want to see you try and play that card. Yeah. <laughs> when the cops show up. Yeah. That would have been funny if the, they did see that through, and the cops just show up and fucking arrest her. Oh, yeah. Chris Pratt arrests her. Demon. <laughs> throwing a demon in the back of a squad car. This also has a trope that I. Did, uh, Tom, you grew up in a fairly small town, right? Uh, not really. Oh. but no. Adam, no. Damn it! I don't want to speak with authority on this, but I had this issue with Twilight as well. There's this weird trope that everybody in small towns know each other that really bothers. Oh me. yeah, because that I don't think that's actually the case. I've never growing up in a small town. I knew the people in my class. You know, uh, but I didn't like wave to like farmers on the side of the road. Like every everybody knows everybody in this, which this is exclusive to this movie. It's a weird like Hollywood producer thing where they just assume small towns are like this, where like if there's any little bit of news, it's the talk of the town. I mean, in this case, it's a kid getting eaten in the woods. So like people would talk about it. <laughs> little um, bit. They'd also assume it was like a bear. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Found him in the woods. Yeah, like, yeah, uh, animals ate this. They when they find his body, it's literally being eaten by a deer. Yeah, 
Um, oh, yeah, all those animals gathered to watch them bone. I laughed pretty hard <laughs> when the crow flies in. Yeah, I was like, "This is some <laughs> demon shit." Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, Diablo Cody did grow up in a pretty small town, as it turns out, Lamont, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago, but still right. sixteen thousand well, people that, as of two thousand ten. That works really well because I I don't know what it's like Midwest, but like I imagine she spent most of her teen years going to chicago right like i lived in a small town that was near bigger areas so i spent as much time as possible going to those bigger areas i think and it, not hanging out in my small town i think it depends on i think it depends on what kind of small town you come from because Mar- yeah. marina identified with a lot of the stuff in this the small town aspects of the movie right um it definitely must vary i'm yeah it's yeah it's yeah it's just one of those weird tropes I've always seen in movies and been like, I've never experienced a small town. Right. Like every, they, like they see, they seem to think every small town is Mayberry. Right. And also <laughs> like, you know what exists around small towns, other small towns, making one big community where you can know people from other towns, you know? But again, this is, it feels very specific where it's like, this is a town that's isolated and small. And I'm sure there's an element there that I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with. Where you yeah. have to like drive eight hours to get anywhere. Yeah, yeah the spend Friday night hanging out at Walmart. Right, just doing all the meth you can. <laughs> One uh, interesting uh, detail about where this movie is set: Devil's Kettle is a that's a real thing. That waterfall that leads into that uh, like weird pothole that is I'm in guessing... uh, that's in a state uh, a state park in Minnesota. I'm guessing they know where the water goes, though. Probably in this they don't know. I thought that was going to be more of a point in terms of yes. the plot. Like That's I thought another... that was going to play into how this all gets resolved and it really doesn't. She just Th- finds the knife. That's another distracting element. Like because I thought it was going to be like cuz there's something really creepy about a hole in the ground that just goes nowhere and mm-hmm. you're like shit, that's got to be a part of it. But it is just a quirky detail, and that's it. It doesn't factor into the demonicness. Well, I expected them to throw her body in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's right it, there. It's nothing. It's none of those things. And, and, and maybe they did, and that was cut or something. I don't know. It's, don't know. It seems like that's because Adam Brody throws the knife in there, and it seems like they're going to throw her in there after. Right. They're just going to leave a dead person out in the forest. I, I think mean, this unless movie... you are. Unless you are just going to leave a dead person in the forest. People do that. I'm told. Yeah, I think maybe this movie needed another editing pass or something because like chris pratt no need to even have him in right like they don't even need him because they don't use him yeah like i didn't even need him like you could argue that they kept him in so she could still make the joke about not even being a backdoor virgin anymore but it's like you could have still had that line she could have just mentioned you could have still had that line where she said i'm not even that anymore thanks to roman and we wouldn't need to necessarily know who roman is we just assumed that was a guy she dated yeah Yeah. i actually just realized that's who she was talking about same thing you said it just now (laughs) yeah that's it she's talking about chris pratt have an anal i was like oh there's a guy named roman somewhere in the bar cool what a neat name yeah and the thing about not knowing where the water goes in devil's kettle they do actually know where the water goes, but they just it figured down. it out in 2017. So wow. at the time of this movie, that was actually a thing. They did not know where the water okay. uh, comes back out in I'm Devil's pretty, Kettle. I'm pretty disappointed in the scientists. Just throw like a <laughs> child with a camera. No, they there. did. They, the, people have thrown GPS trackers. Like yeah. people, that scene where you see people throwing balls into it to figure out where they're going to come out, that apparently all 
happened pretty regularly. Like that was how people, and it turns out the water just comes up into Lake Superior. So of course you're not going to see where the stuff comes up because right, it just comes in, it feeds into the, the camera bottom of a river. Yeah. yeah you got to throw a kid down there. Mm-hmm. Kids that can swim. It's got to be a baby because babies can automatically swim. Sure. Yeah. Every baby or, is born with a set of gills. Right. Yep. Babies are amphibious. Mm-hmm. At the, the, the <laughs> Yeah, the scientific uh, papers that is the Nirvana album cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, any, fi- any final thoughts yeah. about Jennifer's body now that we've brought it back around to Kurt Cobain? Yeah, I, I just th- I think people should give this movie a shot. Like the, don't read the reviews first. Don't yeah, it's don't in- listen to what Dave says. Yeah, just go. go don't <laughs> listen to this podcast. Uh huh. No, just I'm gonna go say people should give it a shot too. Um. Because if they don't have the problem that I have, they're going to find the movie very enjoyable. If you if you didn't watch this movie because you heard it was like some shitty movie from the mid two thousands, go back and watch it. Yeah, you yeah. might still not like it, but for different reasons than you thought. Yeah, it's <laughs> definitely way better than it ever got credit for being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and go watch the Fright Night remake. I was thinking about the so, Fright Night tack, remake. I'm tacking the other that day. on there. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's good, but I'm I'm going to bring it on here. Okay. I'm, I think fine. it's better. I think it's better than the original. Get out, Dave. Get. get oh. I want you to get up and leave your apartment. <laughs> wow. All right, I will. Go. Go walk outside and stand in the heat. <laughs> I'll tell you, you what. I. I am excited to watch after revisiting this and researching it a little bit. Where the fuck is it? Have either of you seen a movie called Ginger Snaps? No, no I've heard about. I've heard it. of it. It is a 2000 Canadian horror film that it's a, is it's a werewolf uh, movie, critically it? acclaimed and is apparently very similar to this movie. That's interesting. And it's on Shudder. All right. Yeah, everybody so, get Shudder. Everybody, everybody check out Ginger Snaps. Oh, Shudder's great. Shudder's You awesome. like horror movies? Yeah. Shudder's I have a real love amazing. with Shudder. Oh, I love Shudder. Sh- I, 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 do, I do enjoy Shudder. I recommend Shudder. But I go like months without using it. Same. Sometimes. You get to a point where you've kind of seen everything on there. Yeah. But. It's like Disney Plus. Yeah. Yeah. They did. They did very meekly send me an email last month, being like, "We're increasing our price from four ninety nine to five ninety nine." It's like if you if, if we understand, under- they're like, "We understand if you want to cancel. Here's a link to go take care of your account options if that's what you want." It's like it's okay, Shutter. You can have. Uh, yeah, I would <laughs> email them back and like, "Oh, Shutter, don't be so hard on you." Shutter, you can have an extra dollar. <laughs> yeah, it's a dollar, man. <laughs> Jesus. So yeah, I just i I think people should rewatch this movie. I do as well. Or watch it for the first time. Or for the first time. Yeah, definitely give it right. a shot. Now that and, we uh, have apologize to Megan you. Fox if you see her. Yeah, if you happen to run into her outside of a health food store. A health food store, yeah. Um, <laughs> just say, uh, just apologize to her for the 2000s. You know what? Don't approach her. That You know what? That would probably make her day even more. That's what I did. If you just <laughs> and I, I'm a hero <laughs> for that. Don't even approach her. Don't even approach her. That's how you can apologize to yeah. her. Yeah. Don't walk up to her and go, so I was watching Jennifer's body because she will mace you uh, <laughs> immediately if you say those words to her. I think we can wrap we up. Could, we could stop. We I could guess. stop. We could keep talking, too. Adam, what do you, you want to... Thank you. First of all, thanks for bringing the movie today and, and having us watch it. Sure. Hey. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for watching it, and thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, is there anything you wanted to plug? We're, we're on your network. Yeah. Listen to Best Bad Movie Ever on the Unpops Podcast Network. If you like films, 
we are we have launched a podcast about Spike Lee. Oh uh, shit! Called Pod Six, a podcast about the films of Spike Lee. The episode that's coming out this week is about Do the Right Thing. Either have you seen Do the Right Thing recently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not recently. I saw it um, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, it's been within the last few years for me, yeah. I, I talk about this on the episode that's coming out Friday a whole bunch, but uh, watch it again, but watch it as a horror movie. That Ooh. that movie is based, he got the idea from an episode of Alfred Hitchcock Presents called Shopping for Death, where the characters talk about their theory that extreme heat brings out the more violent and aggressive tendencies in people. So if you watch Do the Right Thing and watch it as the heat is the monster in this horror movie, a lot of that movie makes way more sense. And it already makes a lot of sense Mm -hmm. because like there's, you know, these tensions and things that existed already, but watch it that way. It it takes on a whole new life. I had always taken the heat as a factor and just yeah pushing things to the the boiling point or whatever but yeah that's interesting yeah uh it's just a good movie dave dave you want to tell him what we got going on yeah we uh we have a patreon patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed there's exclusive podcasts there like tom and jeff watch batman and fox Mulder is a maniac uh there's there's you we, we every friday we watch movies uh together as a family we do and you Aww. can join us do you all huddle um, around one smartphone like in the AT&T commercials? Yeah. And like a family, you have to you have to pay some money to be involved. Mm-hmm. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, come watch uh, movies with us. What did we watch, Tom? We watched the Tomb Raider movies and uh, Jer- <laughs> Journey to the Mysterious Island. <laughs> okay, look, it's not always like that, guys. No, uh, la- last, week, last week we watched, uh, what did we watch? We watched Deep Blue Sea and Deep Blue Sea 3. All right, so it is always like that. <laughs> it's usually like that, yes. Uh, is there yeah, no come, Deep Blue Sea 2, like the traveling Willberries? It's dead on? to me, Deep Blue Sea 2. <laughs> it's not good. No. Adam, have you seen Deep Blue Sea 3? I have not. You should see you it. You should see it. It's awesome. I have seen Deep Blue Sea, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then Deepest, you can, bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can skip two and go right to three. Yeah. Consider it done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to watch two. And I'm never going to watch one or three again. You'll never understand. Mm. (laughs) Um, I think that, oh, we have a store, but you guys know. tpublic.com slash store slash Gamefully Unemployed. You can get t-shirts and masks and shit or not. Whatever. Whatever you want to do. It's fine. Go watch Deep Blue Sea. Go watch Jennifer's Body. Yeah. Have a great, have a great one. Yeah. Have a fantastic (laughs) day. Yeah. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. (laughs) 